Hi everyone, my name is James Bamfield and I'd like to introduce you to my new podcast series called Spirituality for Today. During this podcast series, I'll be explaining why the spiritual voice is needed in society now more than ever with the many challenges we face both individually and collectively. I want to frame spirituality in a new way which is practical, inclusive, non-dogmatic, joyous and socially relevant. I want to show you how my spiritual path has enriched my life beyond my wildest dreams and how I share these learnings with others. Hello everybody, it's Laura here. So in the last episode, James and I talked about the six main principles of spirituality for today. Those were sacredness, evolution, embodiment, sangha, social engagement, and pleasure. We want spirituality for today to be really practical as well. So in the next three episodes, James and I are discussing the how of spirituality, the spiritual technology. And that consists of three main spiritual processes. The first one is waking up, which means feeling one with everything. The second one is growing up, which is about living your uniqueness. And the third one is showing up, sharing this unique gift with the world. In this episode, we will focus on the waking up. And James will also give you some beautiful practices. It's going to be a really juicy episode where we will talk about peak experiences, enlightenment, being in awe, practicing full attention, being in the present moment, and about love, sex, and snow patrol. But first, James will tell us about the distinction between waking up and growing up. Have a lot of fun. Okay, so this distinction between growing up and waking up, which is not mine, um, that's come from different sources, um, but it's one that I find incredibly useful. And when I first heard it, I thought, oh, wow, that is my, you know, that is my life. I really see those different parts. You, you may remember from the spiritual autobiography you know, there came this moment where I'd been following a very much a sort of transcendental view uh, of spirituality, you know, based on meditation and energy work and so on. In India, right? And with In, uh, Michael Barnett? Correct, correct. And there came this moment. So that is the waking up part, which I will explain in, the mo in a minute. But then came this moment where I really realized oh my God, I'm, I'm just not grown up. And that's when I started looking at my relationship with my parents and gave much more attention to, the, to my psychology, if you like. So really waking up is actually completely transpersonal in the sense that it is not important who you are. Whether you're Laura or James, 
or Harry or Meghan. It's because it's simply realizing, it's about realizing that you are not just your personality and your personal story. It's realizing that you are something way, 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 way bigger and transcendental. That you are the actual ground of all being, which I will explain in a moment. It's the God part, if you like. And it's the same for everybody. And that's one side of the spiritual path. The other side is growing up. And that is incredibly personal. That's about Laura and James. It's about your and my unique story through life and our own maturation process as a person. And of course, they overlap and they affect each other, these two, but I find it incredibly helpful to also keep them separate. And the practices are very, are very different in some ways. And the, the attitude is different. It's like one, you're really finding yourself, and the other, you're really losing yourself. One is learning and one is unlearning. Right. Sounds like they might even conflict with each other. Well, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think there is a tension. And, well, I, I don't want to become too philosophical, but I think that's this whole... I mean, conflict is a big word, but there's a kind of paradox yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Because we're talking about the formless, that's the waking up, and the forms, that's, that's the growing up. And it is... The personal and the impersonal. Right. So that, in a way, we are an individual, and we're not an individual. We're just part of something bigger. So I think it's really important to hold that kind of paradox between the two. And I think many of the problems happen on the spiritual path when one one side sort of denies the importance of the other. Right, so we need them both, you say? We do. So like, like I was saying in my spiritual autobiography, it doesn't matter how much I meditate, that is not the solution right. to all my problems. And it never will be or can be. So I can imagine, James, that before you dive into the, what do you say, nuts and bolts? Nuts and bolts, yeah. Yeah, of each of them. I can imagine that the listeners of this podcast either have more experience with waking up or with growing up. So more with the, right. the meditation practices or yoga or Zen, anything like that, or with therapy or with personal development. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting for, uh, yeah, if you, if you can explain us what the differences are and why they are both important so we can, yeah. everybody can get on board. Okay, well, let's start, let's start with waking up. So waking up is simply the process of realizing, sometimes gradually, sometimes suddenly, that we there is a much deeper reality behind the surface of life, that there is a, a unity you know, it's all, it's where a lot of the religious and spiritual language comes from, like unity, nirvana, enlightenment, 
These are the kind of words. And it's where you simply feel life, yourself, the universe as one unified whole. And it tends to be blissful, scary sometimes. And there are many different degrees to which one can, can feel that or to, to different degrees to which one has sunken into that reality. But the main point is that it's already there. You're not creating it. It's, it's, it's that out of which creativity comes. It's, it's, the, it's the sort of ultimate source, if you like, that is shapeless, formless, beyond space and time. It's a transcendental reality. Right. And can you, for people who have never, for, for people who uh, this sounds very abstract to, can you give some, perhaps some examples of how you could enter this space? Yes. And, and the first thing to say is that, in a way, anything's bound to be abstract until one's actually experienced it. Right, yeah. So whatever I say is, you know, it's a hint or a, or a guide, but in a way it's useless without the personal experience because it's not, otherwise it becomes a dogma. It's not something that you believe in. It's, it's not an ideology. It's something you test out with your own experience and your own research. This is the beauty of, of Buddhism and Buddha saying, be a light unto yourself. You know, he said, don't take it from me. You, you, it's meaningless until you've really experienced it or tasted it in some way. So this is about embodiment again? Yes, that's about embodiment and, and, and kind of make, making it yours, you know? So it's not borrowed knowledge. And, but so in a way, it's abstract. So when people hear that, they think, oh my God, I've never had that, or maybe I did have that. But I guarantee everybody has had some, some kind of transcendental experience. And the way that can appear is in, you know, what, what is called peak experiences. That's originally a phrase from, Abraham Maslow, you know, who's, who's in a way a good bridge between the growing up and waking up world. And a peak experience, you know, that can happen in a moment of love with someone or with an amazing piece of music or an experience in nature. It's one of those moments where everything... I like this expression, everything is, is shining. Right. There's a different kind of luster to life. You're aware of something bigger. And one of the important words there with a peak experience is you feel a kind of awe. Do you know what I mean with the English word awe? A-W-E? I do, but perhaps... Oh, yeah, I should say it. Well, unfortunately, it's completely misused, especially by Americans, I'm afraid, who say awesome oh, right. to pretty much everything. <laughs> They'll say awesome just to a McDonald's hamburger. 
which slightly takes away from its original power. But awe is, I think the, the, the Dutch word is ontzach. Uh, it's this where it's like this wow. Oh my God. Like when you, that moment when you look into the eyes of a loved one, or when your baby is born, and this in the whole room there's this there's this magic feeling. There's there's a magic to it. There's a wow to it. And suddenly you you're just woken up out of the normal sort of matrix of life, so to speak. Yeah, kind of goosebumps. Goosebumps, exactly. So nearly everybody. I think has had experiences, and I think children do a lot, but they don't know how to in interpret it. Can can drugs also induce those feelings? Absolutely, absolutely. They often they often do. I mean, they can also trigger the opposite. <laughs> they can also they can trigger heaven, but they can trigger hell. But I mean, psychedelics especially, and other drugs are a way of having these peak experiences and having insights into a deeper truth or into a different truth or reality than the one we usually experience from day to day. And why is it called waking up, James? It's called waking up because it is a bit like, I mean, the metaphor is a good one. It's like, you, it's like you've been sleeping. And sleeping meaning that you're, we're, we're dead to something. We're not conscious of it. And then suddenly we become conscious. Oh, my God. Look at that tree. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievably beautiful. There's, there's often a, a sense of beauty to it as well, hence the connection to the, to the arts. But the thing is that we tend to rely on those triggers for waking up, as in music, um, as in art, as in nature, as in drugs, as in psychedelics. And, and those all you know, serve their purpose, and it's all real. But if one's really taking the waking up path seriously, we have to find a way to access it without these triggers. Big experiences. Yes, and without the need for, for a drug or a piece of music or whatever. Right. Um, and that is usually the, you know, the hard work of doing your hours meditation or the prayers or the chanting or, you know, there are all sorts of practices one can use from different, different traditions and different ones that are emerging and evolving. Shall we first go into the growing up before going into the practicalities, or do you want to immediately give some typical practices? Well, I, I think it's worth just going into that now, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the most famous one and the one I know best is meditation. Because I don't know any other way where life is stripped to its most basic. 
So when you're meditating, when you're sitting, I mean, not all meditations are with sitting, but let's, let's say that. There is no, somehow there's no escape. All you have is the experience of being alive. So you, you can't put on some music to make you feel more alive, to, to bring a certain intensity. It's, it's life at its most minimalist and its most fundamental. It's just me being aware of myself being alive and having to deal with, you know, what they call in Zen the, the monkey mind and, and the thinking mind. Because as long as we're in our thinking mind, so nearly all practices are designed to help us be liberated from the control of our thinking mind. Because, you know, when you, if you ask people, well, how was that? Describe your peak experience, you know, when you were at a Wagner concert or something. No one's going to say, well, I was thinking about what I was going to eat um, the following day and which restaurant was going to And in the meantime, the music was going on in the background. That's very unlikely. Yeah. Because you're totally absorbed and enveloped in it. In the present moment. Exactly. So waking up, here's a really, waking up is only ever now. Right. So even if you have a, it's a crazy thing, even if you have a, the idea that one day I'm going to wake up, it, that is meaningless. You can only ever wake up now. And is that why it's so important for you to, to make it one of the two or three kind of practical principles of modern spirituality? So you need to practice being able to be woken up. Yeah, yes. Because the, the quality of being in the present moment is very important. It is. I mean, that's, that, that can also be important for the growing up. I mean, that's where there's some overlap. But it's, it's not just important... It's essential. I mean, you can't, like I say, you cannot divorce waking up with from now. It is, it's simply, waking up is simply realizing now. Now, that may sound a bit strange and, you know, it's full of, you know, paradoxes and, you know, you just look at Zen Buddhism and the way they use koans and these things which are designed to... So our mind will never fully be able to understand what waking up is. Growing up is much easier to understand. So even now I can imagine people listening and thinking, yeah, but what is that? That sounds so... Zweverich, as you say in Dutch, that sounds so flashy. Well, it, it is until you, <laughs> until you experience it. Yeah. So what is your, perhaps I'm going on too long about this, but I'd just like to really get to the core of it. Why do you think, do you feel it's so important to, for people to practice the waking up? Why do we need it? It is, it's, it's a difficult, the reason why that's a difficult question is because when you say, why do we need it? Because that, that makes it sound like we're, we're, we're big 
and we need this little it. <laughs> but it's completely the other way around. It's, I would be tempted to say, why does it need us? Mm. The, the point is this it we're talking about is so vast, is so unbelievably beautiful. To say why do we need it, it would be a bit like saying, if you're in heaven and absolute bliss and somebody says, hey, why do you need this? You see, if you're in it, the, the, the question of why you need it simply doesn't come up because you're just so absorbed in life and, and simply content. Sounds like you're saying that the waking up is actually waking up to your true nature somehow? Yeah, sure. Or to the, the essence of life? That's the language that is often used, your true nature, your true self. Yeah, and we get kind of distracted through whatever, being, yeah. being a human being and, and being identified with our thinking mind, that we don't see that that is actually it <laughs> or, or everything. Yeah, well, you begin to see. It's not easy to talk about it. No. There's a reason why yeah. they say, you know, it's beyond comprehension. The kingdom of heaven is beyond comprehension or right. the Tao that can be named is not the true Tao. As soon as you talk about it, it, it becomes problematic. Yeah, well, I, I forgot his name. He's very well known. He also has a podcast. He's, he's English, but he's very well known in America too. He, I think he said uh, a while ago that if you think about as human beings needing stuff, so this is where the question came from, so we, we actually we want to feel that we, we gain something by meditating, otherwise we don't do it. So the thinking mind needs some kind of chocolate or some kind of, you know, <laughs> to get starting. But once you're, once you're in it, that question gets totally irrelevant. But he said meditation and, and practices to get to wake up are actually very beneficial to deepen your experience of the moment to enjoy the moment more. Mm. Mm. I agree with everything he said. I'm not sure what it, um, <laughs> who it is, but um, I agree because, you know, it's not, that's what they call, it's a good expression, spiritual materialism. It's not that you get this bunch of goodies from meditation, which you can then store in your backpack. You know, it's, it, that, it, it, that trivializes it. You know, that's trying to put the whole ocean in a, in a little wine glass. <laughs> and it is, but the, the effect of it is just a far greater quality of life. Exactly, yeah. And, and contentment and ability to relativize and perspective. And I mean, I could go and list the benefits um, endlessly. Well, I think it's important to to that we're, we're just mentioning some of them for people who are quite new on the path, yeah. just to get starting. So if you practice meditation, perhaps you'll you'll give us another practice, and you you start walking on the the path of waking up. These benefits will be possible for you. Right, but if you the thing is, but if you make the benefits too much your goal, right, yeah, it won't work. No, no. 
so that's the that's the paradox that you that you have to to deal with but that you know that comes out in any serious practice you know it's it's work yeah by the way his name is jay shetty oh okay you know him no i don't okay well okay so is there anything else you want to add about waking up or practices on how to wake up well i think you know i've so so there's the formal practices which is like meditation ritual prayer i mean there's a whole history also of the use of devotion often to a guru i mean you know there's all sorts of different ways to 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 wake up which i won't go into all of them now meditation is my main uh, method but if we go back to the many triggers of peak experiences, um, you know, just being in nature is a fantastic way to wake up. So I do that often. It's just be in nature without phone, without books, without a goal necessarily to walk from A to B. What you call a green day, right? In your uh, organization. Yes, a green day, exactly where we you just for 24 hours you're in nature on your own without any devices and without any distractions so nature is a fantastic way to wake up and also the the art you know if you do it in a really conscious way with with painting with music poetry i think these are all doorways to the divine, so to speak. And you can, each person has their own uh, favorite. So I think it's important that, you know, there's a, a famous British philosopher called Alfred North Whitehead at the beginning of the 20th century. And he said, beauty is God's signature, huntakening. And it's such a beautiful expression. Beauty. So every time you f- you see and feel beauty, that is God's signature. That is that is this ground of all being that we're waking up to, manifesting in form. And or like so, even the like the the romantic, the whole romantic movement and the romantic poets. So Keats, who's a famous English poet, actually said. Beauty is truth, and truth is beauty. Mm. And it's all pointing in, in this direction. Can I, can I add something, James? Yes, you can. There are two, two things that come up for me, because I've also been on the, the waking up path for quite some time now. And I have a very active monkey mind. (laughs) And I think like a lot of other people too, I have a smartphone and a lot of connection with people through the internet. There's lots of ways to be distracted. And I feel that the, the practices you are pointing to are for me also ways of disconnecting from those distractions. So a green day, for instance, is for me... Uh, kind of the first phase of a green day is a detox yeah. of all those distractions before I can even enter the present moment. 
I agree totally. So, so here's the thing with waking up. The most precious commodity, the most precious quality that we can bring actually to anything in life, but certainly to waking up, is our attention. Without our full attention, we don't have a chance. Forget the spiritual path. You can't do your spiritual path while in between, you know, WhatsApp messages. Now, I'm not against, <laughs> you know, the technology and all that so on. But the point is our attention is being constantly hijacked. Yes. By modern technology. And I, it's not, I'm not suggesting we have to give it all up and sit in a cave. You know, look, look at the technology we're using right now, and I want to use it. But it's also addictive, and it hijacks our attention. So we need ways to re-harness our attention, yeah. our full attention, in everything in life, actually, whether it's relationships or, or waking up or, or work or whatever. So reclaiming our attention from the various diversions that have evolved is vital. Yes. So that's one of the, the, the main pillars of waking up, actually, to, yes. to train your attention. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, actually. That, that's, that's very true, because this attention has incredible power. Yeah, and I can imagine that's also, when I look at my life, having these distractions also feels... There's a, there's a benefit to that, of course, as well. So kind of liberating myself from those distractions can also be very uncomfortable. Mm. That's why it's also called a detox in my experience. Right. <laughs> that at first, it's, you're not entering the divine, the present, beautiful moment immediately. At first, it's very uncomfortable. Right. Like, where is my phone? Shit, uh, can somebody, somebody reach me? Or right. uh, I'm bored or... Well, so, here, so here's the thing. That's a nice expression. So it's true. Make, make yourself unreachable so that God or the goddess can reach you. Because you see, she, you know, and I hope it's okay. I'm playing with the words God and goddess. You know, it's whatever this transcendental reality is. The deepest reality possible, that's God, goddess. Okay? Right. Um, it's just a, a name. And you see, she has no space. She can't, she, she can't enter you without your attention, your free attention. So we say with the, with the green days, you, you need to disconnect in order to reconnect. Right. And that's what you're pointing to. And it, it's a habit. It's, it's an addiction. There's, there's no other word for it. And we all have it. You know, I have it too. Although I found that when I do a green day, to be honest, within half an hour, I forget about the phone. Or when we, you know, we do these trips in the desert in Sinai where there's no signal. I mean, soon, oh, I'm just glad. I'm not happy to get back to my phone. No. Uh, well, and you're well. You're pretty well trained, James. I must say, because you're doing qigong every day as well, and meditation, and mm. yeah. Right. But yeah, I, right. I get it. It's uh, there are portals or gateways to waking up, and I think it's also a question of finding your own personal 
gateways? What works best for you? Yeah, partly finding your own gateways, but also listening to people who've who've explored it more than you have. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. And that was the second thing I wanted to say is that for me personally, finding practices that where I use my body mm. are, are very helpful because of my monkey mind. So I think yeah. that Osho, Osho has given us a lot of um, dynamic meditations, but could also be ecstatic dance perhaps or something else. Totally. But for, first I need to move my body and then I can sit still. Yeah, that was Osho's amazing great contribution. I mean, not that there haven't been physical meditations before, if you look into religious history, but he really, he he saw that people from the West couldn't just sit. And I was like that. I could not sit and meditate unless I'd exercised first in the early years, you know? So for me, the Osho meditations were a godsend that you could somehow express something physically and then be able to relax into one's body. So again, that that word embodiment, that principle is, is super important. Perhaps just very briefly, for people who don't know anything about uh, dynamic meditations, can you briefly explain how that works? Well, most of the uh, meditation, active meditations, I mean, the dynamic meditation is a specific one, but most of the active meditations that I've practiced tend to involve first a strong physical activity because you see when when you do something physical this is partly why people like sport and exercise is because it takes them out of their monkey mind or or, yeah. re- or making love of making love absolutely absolutely and so these active meditations tend to involve first physical activity and then sitting or standing in, in silence and that's that's what I grew up on I don't need that now um, although I still enjoy active meditations yeah is there by the way because people can download a uh, free meditation after listening to this podcast and perhaps I, I think it's also a good idea to refer to the green day from quinks do you also have a tip where you can find an active meditation Perhaps on YouTube or something, or well, I mean, I would, I would try the the Osho meditations. I think they're all on on YouTube. You know, I'm a big fan of of Qigong, um, Tai Chi. I mean, it's they're all different. They, you know, and there's yoga. I I think doing yoga, or actually, I think it was originally designed actually to assist meditation. Right. Um, there's so many of also the physical practices that help yeah, help us with our relationship to the, the monkey mind. I'm also a practitioner of Tantra, which is also a way of using the body as an entry point to silence and the present moment. Exactly. And I think, I mean, talking of Tantra, not that I, for a moment I'm reducing Tantra to sex, <laughs> but... Of course, sex, making love, yeah. is when done consciously yeah. and in a sacred way is a fantastic portal to the divine. I mean, it's it would be crazy if it wasn't. It's, it's the most, for most people, or for many people, it's, you know, one of the greatest pleasures in their life. And it's a pleasure that for many is still very much unexplored, actually, really to its depths. 
And I think one of the reasons is because you were talking about attention. I feel that if if we give our full attention to one thing, it's a lot easier to enter this space of oneness. And this could be watching a piece of art, listening to music, dancing, or touching somebody with your full attention. So it's kind of a mindful practice that can take you to waking up, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, to be honest, if you're mindful about anything, if you're mindful going to the toilet... Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, but it is, it can be a wow feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's right. That that full attention is, is, is vital. To be honest, when you bring that full attention, it can be any moment of the day. We have the formal practices, but, you know, just before I was thinking about this podcast this morning, I just happened to put on this bit of music on my laptop and I was just totally there. Everything else fell away. Just the beauty of this sound. And it was a, of all things, it was a rap song. Wow, wow, yeah. You'd think, oh my God, that can be spiritual. Oh, it was so beautiful. I mean, it was one of the more melodious ones. Um, but I was just enraptured. I just let go into it, and I thought, oh, yeah. my God. Well, I remember us going to uh, Werchter to, uh, what was it? There was a concert of um, Snow Patrol. Wow. Oh, that yeah. beautiful. I know. I know. Well, Snow Patrol are all hot, you know, and uh, that's a great entry. But also with a festival, all these people, many of them with their hearts open and just... See, that can be waking up, just melting. Some people would say, oh, I don't like the crowds, but that's, that's the transcendental experience. It's melting into the crowd, yeah, losing yourself. Being one person in front of the stage, being like one, yeah. Yes, exactly. Feeling one mass, yeah. James. Yes. Is there uh, uh, anything you want to add about uh, waking up? Let me just feel into that. I think to really let the, the truth land inside ourselves, that it's already there. It's, it's so difficult for us. We're so used to needing to get somewhere. We, we have this idea we will only be happy if da-da-da-da-da-da or that we have to strive and make efforts, which we do in many things in life. But in waking up, we can't add anything to it. It's all already there. And it's our birthright. It's, it's this it, again, we, we run into trouble with words, this it that can't be named and is not an it is already there. It's just waiting for us to, to fall into it, to where the veil is, is taken away. So it's unbelievably close. And it's unbelievably difficult to wake up. I mean, both are true, but it's not going to come through striving. And it probably won't come, and it won't come if you don't do anything either. That's the paradox. But yeah. the point is, it's here, right now. 
between us, in the airwaves, it's behind everything. I think that's the essence of the practice, letting, letting go without doing something like that. Right, right. And, it, and it's losing ourselves. And, like, and growing up is, is finding ourselves, and that's what we'll, we'll, we'll work with uh, next time. But this is about losing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, James. Okay, my pleasure. Yeah, let's stop here, because what you, you were just saying, we can talk on and on about it, but it's also a matter of experiencing. Quite. So for that, I want to point again to the listeners that they can download this beautiful meditation that you've recorded. Yep, the, the homecoming meditation. Yes. Okay, and next time we'll go into growing up, right? We will. Okay, thanks, Laura. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.